Good morning, DCA. Everybody on your feet. It's time to worship our awesome God. Amen. Hey, how many of you have something that you're thankful about that God has done for you, even today, but in your lifetime for sure? Let's just spend some time thanking our God. Lord, we're going to enter your gates with thanksgiving in our heart. We're going to enter your courts with praise, God, because you are good and we are going to praise you. You are worthy, God. We love you, Lord. Wandering into the night, wanting a place to hide this weary soul, this bag of bones. Oh, I try, I try with all my just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting. A vagabond. And just when I ran out of road, I met a man I didn't know. And he told me Yes, I am free. 
Church, I want you to sing with me. Here we go. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. Come on, rattle today. This is the praise make a dead man walk again. Open the grave. I'm coming out. I'm gonna live. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. That's what we're going to do today, amen. Raise and praise our God today. So I want you to do it with me. Here we go. Cost of fire stirring something new. You're not gonna run out of miracles anytime soon. Here we go. Resurrection power runs in my veins too. I believe there's another miracle here in this room. This is the sound of tribal. 
She said, Pastor went to the doctor this week, no cancer. Can we give God praise for that today? That's because of an empty grave. That's because of the power of Jesus Christ. My God is able to save and deliver and heal and restore anything that he wants to. Just ask the man who was thrown on the bones of to restore and heal and deliver. You believe that? The prophet Elijah said, I was facing a valley of dry bones, but God told me to prophesy over these dry bones. And I asked God, can these bones live? And he said, speak to the bones. So I began to prophesy as I was commanded, and the bones began to rattle. They begin to come together bone upon bone, ligament upon ligament, muscle upon muscle, and the skin began to cover those bones, but they did not live. So God said again, speak to the four winds of the earth and command the winds to breathe upon them. So I did as I was commanded again, and I spoke to the four winds of the earth, and I said, breathe upon these bones, breathe upon these bones upon these bones and God said they would live. You believe that today? And I said live, live, drive on to the word of the Lord. Open the grave. 
That's a great thing. Yeah. It's time to give our God praise. Amen. Good God Almighty, I hope you'll find me praising your name no matter what comes. Come on, put your hands together and help me. Because I know where I'd be without your mercy. So I keep praising your name at the top of my love. I can't count the times I've called your name some broken night. And you showed up and patched me up like you do every time. I get amnesia. I forget that you keep coming around. Yeah, you know way you'll never let me shout church. Good God Almighty, I hope you'll find. Tell me, is he God? He's God. He is good God Almighty. You say your love goes on forever, that your mercy never stops. So why would I assume you'd be somebody that like sun in the morning? I know you're going to be there every day. So what on earth?
God. Amen. He's beautiful, amen. He is just so perfect in all his ways. Oh, Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, we need you. I love that Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit when he left. Our counselor, our comforter, our guide. your voice be heard. Come and change our hearts as we stand on your word. Holy Spirit, rain down. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, rain down.
change our hearts as we stand on your word. Holy Spirit, rain down. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can know what God has in store. So
you love him. Lord, we bless your holy name. We thank you. We worship your holy and beautiful and awesome name. We thank you, God, for all that you have done. We thank you for all that you are going to do. I'm believing you for mighty things. I pray and hope that everyone in this place is doing the same. Lord, I thank you that you are working in this place. You're moving in hearts. I believe you're working miracles in this room right now. We're believing for miracles because you are a miracle working God. 
I praise you and I thank you for the testimonies that we're going to hear that come out of this service. There will be testimonies of what happened here today. I believe it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. And we thank you. You are beautiful, God. Give him another shout. Tell him how much you love him, how grateful you are for who he is and for what he's done. You're beautiful, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, now it's time for us to greet, so don't sit down. Y'all go and meet somebody new or say hello to somebody that you haven't gotten to talk to in a while. If you want to social distance, just stay where you're at and let people sweetly let them know you're not shaking hands, but that's okay. Good morning, BCA. Is this on? Can you all hear me? It's so good to see you all this morning in your church home. And that's what I think of this place. It is my church home. And if you've ever been to my home, well, it was a surprise because I've never invited any of you. No. If you are a guest, a new member, or if you've been here once to our church home, we want to welcome you here. We would like to have you fill out this VIP card, very important Pentecostal. Fill it out and drop it in the offering, and we will get some information. Now, we're not going to send 40,000 people to your house, 10,000, you know, something like that. But we'd just like to get to know you and have you get to know us in our church home. Now then, the last time I was up here, I had a poem. And I've got another poem for today. I know I do. I had it here earlier. And I'd like to read this to you. I think, it, I think it'll fit in with this morning. Uh, okay, starts out like this. Roses are red, violets are blue. I pay my tithe. How about you?
I think I made my point with that poem. You know, the Bible tells us why we should tithe. The Bible tells us how much to tithe. The Bible even tells you the benefit you're going to get from tithing. So what do you have to do? Exactly. And now's that time. If I could get the Purple Bag boys to come forward, we have several ways you can tithe. Cash or check in the offering, the kiosk by the welcome desk, the website, pcachurch.com, PCA, the PCA app. Now, I've used that several times, and it's, it's all kinds of information on there. I found out that Pastor Richard was drying paint last week. You didn't call me. I thought we were friends. He doesn't answer. Or you can text PCA Church to 1-844-390-2401. Would you bow your heads, please? Heavenly Father, once again, we come to a part of the church that some people don't understand. It's where we tithe, where we give back to you all, just a portion of all that you have given to us. We know you will take it. You will bless others with us as well as blessing our own. All these things we ask in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hope everybody had a good week. It's been hot and it's been dry. Stand with me today, get your Bibles. Get ready to go, whether it's a paperback, whether it is electronic, whatever it is, it's still the Word of God, powerful to the pulling down the strongholds. Amen? Take it and lift it with me this morning. Repeat this after me. Thy word, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy word is a light unto my path. Thy word will I hide in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Lord, help me every day to read thy word. Lord, help me every day to live thy word. I love thy word. And dear Lord, help me, I pray. You may be seated. So last night, I heard something I haven't heard in a while. I'm sure you heard it too. It was just before the sun was setting, I heard a rumbling. And Sandy asked me, is that thunder? I said, yes, it is. How many of you heard it? And so I went outside. I looked up in the sky, and there were dark clouds everywhere. And I said, looks like rain. How many of you ever walked outside and said, it looks like rain? We lived in New Mexico for 15 years, and there's a thing there called a verga. How many of you know what a verga is? It actually does rain, but the humidity is so dry that it dries up before it hits the ground. Here, you don't have that problem. You have lots of humidity. But last night, what we had was a perfect illustration of my message. That I love it when God prepares everybody for my message. Because you can walk outside and see and hear, and everything says... It's going to rain. And then nothing. How disappointing is that? So I had to get out the sprinklers and make sure the yard was sprinkled. And I thought, God, it had been so much easier if it had just rained. But isn't it disappointing when the clouds come up and there's no rain? They are not doing what they are supposed to be doing. So today, I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Jude. Verse 1, it says this, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. To those who have been called, 
who are loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. Have you been called today? Then if you are, this letter's to you. Mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Don't you love that? Every morning, brand new mercies, peace, and love of God. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith. And so today, PC, I, want to con- I would just want to challenge you. Contend for the faith. Contend for the faith. It's being challenged today. That was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ as our only sovereign and Lord. Isn't that happening today in our society? People are perverting the gospel of Jesus Christ for a license to live however you want to live. That was written about long ago. Though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord at one time delivered his people out of Egypt. Remember, we were once slaves, but we were delivered. But later destroyed those who did not believe. Wow. Wow. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority but abandoned their proper dwelling, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. So there's a, there's a part of God that is all about delivering out of slavery, but there's another part of God that says, hey, wait a minute. You've got to make sure you keep your position. Even the angels are, are not... Uh, Aborted again, this they they are held accountable in the similar way. Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of an eternal fire. So, what Jews trying to let us know is there's a God who is love and mercy and peace, and there's a God of judgment, they're the same God. In the very same way, on the strength of their dreams, these ungodly people pollute their own bodies, reject authority, heap abuse on celestial beings. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not himself dare to condemn him for slander, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Yet these people slander. Whatever they do not understand, and the very things they do not understand by instinct, as irrational animals do, will destroy them. Woe to them. They have taken the way of Cain. They have rushed for profit into Balaam's error. They have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. These people are blemishes at your love feast, eating with you without the slightest qualm, shepherds who feed only themselves. These types of people have slipped in among those who have been called and chosen. They are clouds without rain. Blown about by the wind, autumn trees without fruit and uprooted, twice dead. Twice dead. So it means they were dead in their sins. They were alive and now they're dead again. 
They are wild waves of the sea foaming up their shame, wandering stars from whom blackest darkness has been reserved forever. Jude is writing to Christians, those who are called, and he says, hey guys, I want you to understand, this is nothing new, but there are those slipping in among you who are trying to pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're telling you that you can live any way you want to live. They look like they are clouds, but they do not have any rain in them. These are called hypocrites. Jesus said they are whitened sepulchers. Remember that word? That means they are pretty on the outside. They look like they're alive on the outside. They, they are like a whitened, washed death chamber. But on the inside, they're filled with death. They're dead. And sometimes we go outside and we look at the clouds and go, it looks like rain. And then nothing happens. And there are people who are living today who come into our societies, come into our churches, they look like they're alive in Christ. They talk like they're alive in Christ. And sometimes we even allow them to be teachers in the house of God, but on the inside they are filled with death and they only want to feed themselves. They don't care about anybody else. They just want to feed themselves. They have selfish desires and selfish motives. They make a lot of noise, give a lot of thunder, give the hope of rain, but nothing happens. Nothing happens. I believe sometimes they even become pastors. A lot of thunder, a lot of noise, but no rain. Where's the Holy Spirit? Where's the power of God in our pulpits and in our churches and in our people today? Where's the mighty reign of the Holy Spirit? We need people today who don't just look like clouds, who don't just have claps of thunder and noise, but we need people today that when we show up on the scene, the reign of the Holy Spirit happens. Something happens when we begin to show up. It's just not a noise show. It's just not a, a dark cloud that comes over, but the reign of the Holy Spirit begins to fall down where people are dry and thirsty and hungry and ready for a move of God. We need a church. We need a people, we need a pastor that's filled with rain today. We need it to rain in our churches today. A powerful, anointed rain of the Holy Spirit. Because rain is refreshing. It's been a few weeks since we've had rain, and you can tell the effect of it in our lives. We need the rain to bring back life to our grasses and our flowers. There's a difference between Water out of the holes and rain, isn't it? That rainwater is totally different. The phosphorus and all the nutrients that is in that rain. rain. Jude then tells us to do this, verse 17. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the Spirit. They just use their natural abilities and use their natural instincts, but they do not have the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. 
They are clouds without rain. They're only using their natural instincts. They divide. They follow their own ungodly desires. And so what do we do today, church? What do we do? Verse 20 tells us, Dear friends, by building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. Jude tells us, here's what you do. Number one, build yourself up. Build yourself up. You know why? Because if you're around a bunch of clouds without rain, they're going to tear you down. They're going to make a lot of noise. They're going to follow their own natural instincts. But they're not going to give you what the power of the Holy Spirit needs to give you. We need to build ourselves up. And I know I say it every Sunday before I preach. But church, we have got to read the Word of God. You've got to read it. You've got to build yourself up. One reading a week, two readings a week from the Word of God is not going to build you up. It may sustain life. My wife and I cannot grow plants. And I go out there and I water those things and I talk to them like everybody's telling me to. Oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, you're going to be great. You're going to be strong. You're going to rise up. You're going to be mighty. And if I don't give them water on a consistent basis, guess what they do? They don't listen. They shrivel up. They dry up. And if I'm not careful, they will die. They need, we need the reign of the Holy Spirit and we need to build ourselves up every day because if you live in this world, you need building up. Everything in this society pressures us, brings us down, tears us apart, divides us. But I have noticed that people who build themselves up, they do not stay depressed. We can get depressed, but we don't stay depressed. Why? The Word of God gives me some rain in my cloud. The rain of God gives me some power. Why? Because I'm building myself up. Look at who I am in Christ. Look at what I can do in Christ. If God be for me, I mean, how can you be depressed when God is on your side? Well, you're looking at the world. Don't look at the world. Look at the Word. What is the Word of God saying? I have found those people who get angry. Don't stay angry. Listen, we can get angry, but do not sin, the Bible says. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Get things right. Build yourself up. Those that get anxious, don't stay anxious. Why? Because as soon as you do, you read the Word of God and you go, wait a minute. Where's my trust? Where's my hope? I don't know the future, but God does. He's got it in his hand. I've got to trust him. Those who get fearful, don't stay fearful. Those who get discouraged, don't stay discouraged. Because how can you stay any of those things and be reading the word of God? The word of God is the antidote to all of our feelings that tear us down. Because the word of God builds us up. We can't stay down when you read the Word of God. When I read the Word of God, I get hope again. I get joy, peace, confidence. I get over. I'm not under. I get built up, not torn down. And guess what? I have to do it every day, and so do you. Because believe it or not, there are people who try to tear me down. 
if they can tear the pastor down, they can tear the church down. Because I can get up here on Sunday and be a cloud without rain. I can get up here and make a lot of noise, say a lot of stuff, but it means absolutely nothing. And everybody comes to church and goes, man, so disappointed. I thought I was going to get some rain today and it's just a cloud with a bunch of thunder. I need rain. I need something of substance. I need something that's going to build me up. I mean, what if the message on Sunday is not exactly what you need? I love the Holy Spirit because he takes my, my weak presentations and presents it to everybody in this house differently. I love that about the Holy Spirit. Because he takes my weakness and brings strength into your life. Because sometimes I don't even say it, but the Word of God will speak it to everybody that needs whatever they need. I love that. But what if? What if I speak on nothing that you need? What are you going to do? you got to build yourself up. Get in the Word of God. Get some rain in your cloud. Don't dare be walking around and you walk into somebody's life and they think you've got some rain and you go, I got nothing. Matter of fact, let me tell you how my day's going. You need to build yourself up. And then he said, number two, pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. And I'm concerned today about our Christians, our people who are called out and chosen that we get satisfied with a salvation experience and we do not seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We need that evidence of speaking in another language that lets everybody else know what's happened to us internally. We need that power to pray in the Spirit. The Word of God tells us that uh, we are to pray in the Holy Spirit and I believe we should do it every day. Every day. In the Assemblies of God, we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I know nowadays with, with the church's names the way they are, we don't know when we walk into a church what they believe because there's no denomination anywhere anymore. I'm proud to be an Assembly of God pastor. I'm proud to preach that we've got some rain in our clouds and that we worship in the Spirit, we pray in the Spirit, we, we, we preach in the Spirit, and we live in the Spirit. we got to be in, Right? we got to be in and we need that Holy Spirit every day. Why? Romans 8, 26 tells us, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Sometimes I don't know what I need to be praying for. But God, through the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, He can pray through me the will of the Father because He knows the Father. He knows the mind of the Father. He knows the will of the Father. And He knows what I should be praying for. And sometimes as a pastor, I don't know. But the Holy Spirit will pray through me the will of the Father. And sometimes I may be praying for some of you that I don't even know I need to pray for. But God, through that gift, that anointing. He says, pray in the Spirit. Why? Because we need to have rain. Rain. There needs to be substance to our life. I've had people tell me, Pastor, this, this is not for today. It was for first generation only. And I totally, 100% disagree. I have never had one person 
who has experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues tell me that it's not for today. The only people that tell me it's not for today are the people who've never experienced it. The people who try to be theologically correct, and i got to tell you, they don't know theology if they don't say it's for today. But every person that has this gift, this anointing, this baptism in the Holy Spirit, they know it's for today. And they know it is empowering them to live this life and to have rainstorms, thunderstorms show up in their lives and in the lives of other people. That when you really need to touch God, that power of the Holy Spirit is there pulling down strongholds. I believe we need this baptism, this power to pray in the Holy Spirit because it will power your prayers. It will take your prayers from falling out of your mouth on the floor. You ever felt that way? It's like a regurgitation of nothing. And I'll just say, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to pray. But I'll just begin to lift my hands and lift my voice and sometimes sing in the Holy Spirit, sometimes pray in the Holy Spirit, whatever the Holy Spirit prompts me to do. But then I begin to feel in the entrance into the presence of God. Then I begin to feel like, you know what, this is warfare. There are people sometimes who sneak into my life and your life and they look like they have life, but they're dead twice. There are people that sneak into our lives and try to get us to think a certain way and do certain things and and we've got to be able to go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You're a cloud without rain. I need rain in my life. Spiritual warfare. It's a pulling down. Judges 16, 19 to 21 says this. After putting him to sleep on her lap, She called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair and so began to subdue him. And his strength left him. Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. To me, that is the saddest verse in this Bible. He did not know that the Lord had left him. The Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes, and took him to Gaza. Binding him with bronze shackles, they set him to grinding grain in the prison. Twice dead. You cannot play around and flirt with sin. People go, oh, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. So did Samson. He knew what he was doing. He laid his head down many times and jumped up, broke off all the strongholds that were on him because he had the power of God. He was full of rain. But this one time played around too close to the fire. I don't know why we think we got to live, right? Just see how much more I can get away with. See how much more I can get away with. You're going to shake yourself one day and go, what happened? And you will have not even known that the Lord had left you. Why? Because you had been doing so many things by your natural instincts. Well, I'll go to church. Okay. I'll do this and I'll do that as before. But then what happens? Nothing. Why not? Because you were operating in your own natural abilities and instincts. Samson could not rain down his strength as he had done before. He was a cloud without rain. And because of that, guess what? He became a slave. That was not what God had created him for. That was not why God had created him with all of his strength. 
He had taken the vows of a Canaanite never to cut his hair. Enemy overwhelmed him and tortured him. I'm telling you, I know I'm repetitive. I want you to get this. We must have rain in our clouds. We must pray in the Holy Spirit, groan in the Holy Spirit to get the rain. You got to build yourself up. Pray in the Holy Spirit, number three. Keep yourselves in God's love. That first word is important, keep. It's easy to get in God's love. Father, forgive me of all my sins and wash me white as snow. But you got to work at keeping. You got to work at keeping. You got to keep yourself in God's love. If, if it says that, if he says that in Jude, that you must keep yourself in God's love, what does it mean? You can also get out. If you got to work at keeping, you can get out. I got to work at my marriage because if not, Sandy getting out. I'm telling you. Oh, pastor, you've been married 43 years. There ain't no way. Hey, that girl can lead me in a heartbeat. I got to work at this thing. I got to keep working. I got to keep working at my relationship with God every day. I got to keep daily working at it. Keep does not allow us to be selfish. Keep does not allow us to have selfish ambitions. Keep does not allow us to just feed ourselves. But keep allows us to be other-centered. Keep allows us to help our neighbor. Keep allows us to cook a meal for somebody else, to mow a yard for somebody else, to have enough rain to talk to somebody else about Jesus, about church. Oh, church, oh. it's the best hour of sleep I get every week. And that's the pastor talking. Yeah. Man, oh, you want to invite somebody here? Well, I don't want to. Hey, listen, when I was a teenager, I didn't want any of my friends coming to my church because I knew we had some Holy Ghost crazy people in there. And I didn't want them to go back to school on Monday going, man, don't go to Dwayne's church. They're crazy. Because all of a sudden, Sister So-and-So are going, Woo! Man, you know rain's about to happen when she goes. Because she ain't, she ain't a cloud without rain. She's real, you know? And all of a sudden, man, people start shouting, start praising God. Somebody take off running. All of a sudden, the altar gets filled. What are we singing? It don't matter. What's the order of service? We don't have one. Well, we, didn't, we did have an order of service, but it could get interrupted at any time. And now today, if we get the service interrupted, go, well, what are we going to do, man? This is not where it's supposed to be, and aren't we supposed to be doing this and doing that? And listen, when the, when the rain happens, I can't start it, and I don't stop it. Can you stop the rain? I'm not that prophet. I can't make the sun stop either. All I do is enjoy the rain. I get out and run around in it. Don't you love it? Remember when you were a kid, it rained. You didn't stay in the house and go, oh, I don't want to get wet. You ran outside and played in the rain. Jumped in the mud puddles. It was awesome. And now people grow up and they like, oh, get wet and make my hair all frizzy. And some of you are like, I wish I had some hair to get frizzy. <laughs> love helps you direct your life. And you can help watch out for all those other people headed for destruction. You can help them. 
This is a two-way relationship. Look at verse 22. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by the corrupted flesh. Man, Jude says a lot right there. He says, first of all, keep yourself in God's love, but then I need you to be merciful to other people who don't believe. Be merciful. If you're talking to someone who's not a Christian, who hasn't been called, who hasn't been redeemed by the... Be merciful to that person. You're trying to entice them into a life with Christ. Be merciful. Make a difference in their life. At PCA Church, we all of us should be talking to somebody else in a merciful way to encourage them to follow Christ and receive this life that's everlasting in Christ. There are those who doubt. Be merciful. Share the truth, but share it in love and grace. That's what God said, John 1.17. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So we've got to tell the truth. The truth doesn't change just because of who we're talking to. And the truth doesn't change just because of what generation you're living in. The truth that was my father's and grandfather's generation, still the truth today. The truth that was in Jesus' generation, Moses' generation, is still the truth. But Jesus came and said, now don't let it be law. It's still the truth, but speak it in grace and mercy. Tell people in a graceful and merciful way. Jesus taught the law, but he said, teach it, but use a velvet hammer, you know? Tell the truth. If somebody asks you the truth, tell them the truth, but do it mercifully. The truth doesn't change. We've got to be merciful to those who doubt. Then others, there's those who will listen, but then Jude goes, there's others. You're going to have to snatch them up. <laughs> Personalities are different, aren't they? Some people you can talk to and they'll listen. Other people just keep heading to destruction. And sometimes, you may have to do it with your own kids. Snatch them out of the fire. I told you you're not going to that party, and you're not going. Snatch. I told you you're not going to be in that relationship. You're not going to be in that relationship. Snatch. Sometimes your friends, you got to go, uh-uh, this is not happening. I'm not letting you do this. Snatch. Why? Because we don't want the people we love to get burned. What kind of a mom would you be if you saw your daughter or son headed toward the stove and the fire is on and they're going there with their hand like that and you just go, mm, let them go. Let them go. They're going to learn. That's how you learn. You get hurt. That's how you learn. No, sometimes we got to come along and be a good friend, be a good parent, and we got to snatch them out. And some of your friends are not going to listen until you get up in their face. You can speak nice, you can be merciful, you can be graceful all you want to, but they're not going to listen. Sometimes you got to get up in your face and go, listen, if you don't stop what you're doing, you're going to hell. What? Do we still talk like that? Sometimes that's the only thing that's going to get people's attention. This is going to kill you, you're going to die, and you're going to spend an eternity in hell, and I'm here to stop you because I love you. And you snatch them out of the fire because they're headed to destruction. They're headed to an eternity without God. And you love them and you've got to do everything you can 
to get in their way. Sometimes you have to be that drastic. You have to get loud. Hey, I like this. I wrote it down. I like it. You got to rain down some Bible truth on them. Let it rain. Rain it down. You got to get up in their face and tell them some biblical truth. Because if you don't, they're headed for a life of destruction. The enemy is going to try and capture them and destroy them and torture them, hold them prisoners, and that's not what God created them for. I don't know of anyone that I love that I would let them get so close to the fire to get burned. Do you? Not if you love them. You have to tell them about hell. Jude said, hey, there's a part of God that's delivering people out of Egypt. And there's another part of God over here that when they're living like Sodom and Gomorrah, you're going to get destroyed by the wrath of God. Yeah. You got to, you, you got to make a decision here. And you got to live right. You've got to make them understand that hell is real, that God is real, that judgment is real. I believe this is all real today or I wouldn't be preaching it. I believe the moment you take your last breath, you're going to all of a sudden have a realization too if you don't already. Whoa, I shouldn't have slept that Sunday morning. Pastor's right. I should have listened. Or maybe... Somebody else that you love is going to take a last breath and you're going to say, I should have said something. I felt that prompting of the Holy Spirit, but I didn't say anything. Maybe you were there to snatch them out of the fire. Say, Pastor, boy, this is heavy for a summer Sunday morning. I feel like we need to have some truth rain down on us today because this is not just life and death. This is heaven and hell. This is not a bad day and a good day. This is eternity. Either with and in the presence of God or separated forever. And I believe we've got to be confrontational. At confrontational. And sometimes I'm preaching with a lot of mercy and a lot of grace. But either way, I'm preaching truth. And sometimes you've got to scare them to God got to scare them because they're not coming to God any other way. Sometimes God has to get their attention through tragedies to get, how many of you have ever been like that? Maybe some of you were the ones that, hey, I got scared. That's why I, crisis conversions are the most conversions for any person over the age of 18. 80% of all salvations are before the age of 18, but after that, most of the time it takes a crisis situation. A near-death experience for you or someone you love to get your attention. Hey, this is real. Sometimes it takes drastic measures or else people will continue out in sin. A church that has rain makes a difference in people's lives. We snatch people from the fires of hell. And then he said, hate the garment. Hate the garment. Read Jude. He said, hate the garment. That's an, that's an unusual phrase to be put in here. Be merciful to some. Others snatch them out. But then hate the garment. The garment that he's talking about here is 
the most innermost garment that would be worn during this day. You see, there were outer garments and there were inner garments. Um, let, me, let me give you an example of this in the Old Testament. 2 Samuel 6, 13 through 16. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Wearing the inner garment, the linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all of his might. I love that. While he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and sounds of trumpets, as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. You know, people that don't know about the presence of God, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. And they maybe don't want to be your friend anymore. Yeah. But whenever the presence of God, the ark symbolized the presence of God, David got excited. The presence of God is coming back to us. It's a big deal. And so he had a sacrifice. He took off the outer garment, which was not supposed to be done in public. And then he started dancing and leaping. I'm not going to do that this morning because my wife would despise me. But he was dancing and leaping and praising God and having just the most wonderful time. The trumpets were sounding, joy in the city. But Michael, the daughter of Saul, despised him in her heart. That inner garment is the one that touches our skin. It smells like us. Yeah. And Jude said, hate the garment. He's telling us to hate everything that touches us that has to do with our sinful life. Everything that touched your life when you were living in sin, hate it. The Bible tells us, Love God, hate sin. The Bible says you are either a friend of God or you are an enemy of God. These are the options. Jude is telling us, church, we've got to be clouds with rain, so hate everything that has to do with your former life. Hate the places that you went to in your sinful life Hate the people. Don't hang around them. Hate the things that you used to do. They were a part of a lifestyle that needs to be hated and cast off. Why? Because God says when we are redeemed, He gives us a brand new robe to wear without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish, and it has no smell of our past. You ever had a teenage boy? Moms? And you ask them, did you take a shower, son? Yes, ma'am. Uh, no, you didn't. You see, it's it, it, sometimes we, we want to try to hang on to the inner garment and just put on a new robe on the outside. Yeah. Did you take a shower? Don't I look like it? And all they do is put some water in their hair? Yeah. No, you didn't take a shower because you still... Funky, man. You know how them teenage boys, yeah, you need to go take a shower, a hot shower, lots of soap, and then you introduce them to this thing called deodorant. Remember that, moms? 
son, you need to start putting some of this on. What's that? It's some defunkifier. Yeah. It, it'll take away the smell of your past. And they start putting on deodorant. Then you start giving them some cologne to go with that. And can you tell the difference when they just slap on the cologne and didn't take the shower? Oh. You try to mix a life that's not been washed. You're just going to try to smell good. <laughs> I'm going to look like a cloud. I'm going to talk like a cloud. <laughs> no, you're just bringing a lot of stank up in here. I'm serious. Your life stinks. You're trying to do both. You can't do both. You can't straddle the line. You got to hate the garment. Why? Because the garments smell of your past. Colossians 2, 22 through 23 says this. These rules which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed I have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Yeah. You can have a bunch of rules and regulations, but if they don't make you live right, you won't have any reign in your life. And I got to tell you, when I'm, when I'm in need of reign, I want to get around people with reign. I want people who know how to touch the power and presence of God. I want somebody to rain down some prayers in my life. Somebody to rain down the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I, I'm not going to be looking out the window and go, oh, I'm so <laughs> embarrassed to be in this church. No, when I'm in need, I'm going to be like, I need my church. I need God. I need help. The old flesh lifestyle needs to be dead, and you got to throw it out. you got to put on the new robe of righteousness. It's a clean robe. Jude forewarns us so we can be forearmed. Jude said, be aware. There are those who come in to feed themselves who are clouds without rain. They make a lot of noise, but there's no substance. They are only concerned about themselves. They are doing everything by their natural instincts and their natural abilities. I pray there would never be a moment that I would stand in this pulpit or any pulpit and think, I can do this without God. Wow. And I would hope that you would never say to yourself, I can live this life without God's help. I need him every moment of every day. I need rain. I need refreshing. I need renewal. I need life. Rain brings life. It just makes everything better. And don't you love it after a good rain? The smell of everything just smells so good after a good rain. And I got to tell you, when the rain of the Holy Spirit comes in and washes a lot of things out of my mind and washes a lot of things out of my life, it just makes me feel better. <sighs> I look at everything different, smells different, life. Man. Rain. Looks like rain, 
PCA. I hear the sound. Well, know what the prophet said? I hear the sound of a mighty rushing forth. And they said, we better get off this mountain. It's about to rain. Stand with me today. Last Sunday was a shout. Does your cloud have rain? Does your cloud have rain? When you walk into somebody's life, are they looking at you and going, hey, looks like rain. Rain just showed up and you're just a bunch of noise and they get disappointed. Or do you walk into somebody's life and they go, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. I need you to pray with me about something. I'm so glad you're here. And you go, well, you may not be glad I'm here, but I'm here to snatch you up. Because <laughs> you headed in the wrong direction, my friend. I love you. We need to be able to have that mercy and grace and also that ability to be confrontational at times. Bust you one if you don't get yourself right with God. I've had some friends where I could be merciful and graceful to them. And I've had some friends where I had to get mean with them. And I knew, I knew I was taking a chance because they're either going to listen or they're not going to talk to me again. But I got to make sure I do what God tells me to do. Because we all got to stand before God, don't we? And I want to stand before God full of rain, full of the Holy Spirit. So today is Communion Sunday at PCA Church, and I love Communion Sunday. Because Jews said, remember whenever God got them out of Egypt? we got to remember, don't we? But also remember when God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, and He also took a lot of the angels out, because why? They, they left their positions. Remember that too? But today with Communion, we don't ask that you're a member of our church to participate. All we ask is that you take a moment and let God speak to your heart. And I always, before I take communion, always, God, is there anything inside of me that's unpleasing to you? God, if there's anything unpleasing to you, I ask you right now to forgive me, to wash me, to cleanse me, to white as snow. I want to make sure that there's nothing in our relationship that shouldn't be there. I want to keep, keep myself in your love. So right now, would you do that? Just take a moment where you're standing. Just say, God, if there's anything. They're going to sing a song. Gives you time. They'll cover up anything you say out loud. Nobody will hear it. But just get things right with your heart with God. Hallelujah. Yeah.
Samson thought he would shake himself and break off the bonds just like he had done every time before with the power of the Holy Spirit that was upon him. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. What a sad verse. Today, I don't want us to do anything of our own natural instincts and abilities. I want us to live empowered by the Holy Spirit. I don't want us to flirt around with sin. I want us to flee immorality. Run from situations. Hate the garment. He's given us a new robe, church. Without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. He's given us a new name and written it in the Lamb's Book of Life and no man can take it out. So today we remember the life that we have in Christ today. We remember a God who can deliver us out of bondage, but a God who will destroy us if we don't live right. And that's the truth. That's the Word of God. If He spares not even the angels. Today we take this bread and we lift it up. It represents, symbolizes the body of Jesus Christ. The body that was beaten Stripes upon his back for our healing. Thank you, God, for healing. Hallelujah. Blood that flowed. Thank you for the blood that cleanses me and washes away all my sin. I hate the inner garments. 
hate the smell of it. It it represents my past. It reminds me of my past. And I want to remember Jesus Christ and what he did for me. Hallelujah. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who bled and died on that cross, who set me free, who has given me life, and I never want to die again. I want to be alive in Christ. Thank you for this bread. Let us eat together. In the same way Jesus took the cup and said, this represents my blood. It's representative of the blood of Jesus Christ. We do not believe this is the blood of Christ. It is symbolic, like the bread. But it reminds us of the price that was paid for our freedom. It reminds us of how much he loves us. Abraham was challenged. God said, go to the mountain and give me a sacrifice. Abraham and his son went up the mountain. Abraham bound up his son, laid him on the altar, took out the sacrificial knife and raised it. And just at the last moment, he heard the bleeding of a ram caught in the thistle. God said, I'm not going to let you sacrifice your son but I'm going to sacrifice mine. He was the paschal lamb without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Father God, thank you that you love me so much and you love everyone in this world so much that you gave your son for us. Help us to keep in relationship with you. Today we raise the cup and let us all give thanks for the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I am no longer reminded of my past because it's gone. Washed away, never to be remembered again, God says. Thank you. Thank you for the blood. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your blood that cleanses me. Hallelujah. Thank you. Let us drink together. Put that cup down. Lift your hands and worship. Oh, it reaches to the highest mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley, the blood that gives me strength from death. us to keep our hands up. I want us to believe that God, we need your rain today. We need to pray for rain. Uh, some of you may be dry today and you need a rain of the Holy Spirit in your life. Some of you may need healing in your body today. I believe this is the time right now. I believe you can receive the rain of healing. Some of you need to be encouraged. You're discouraged. You're depressed. You're filled with fear, anxiety, whatever it may be. I don't believe you need to stay there. I need you to build yourself up. Let it rain on you. You got to go outside and get in the rain. Come on, church. Just lift your hands for a little bit. It'll be all right. 
Hallelujah. Father, today we need the rain of the Holy Spirit. We need to be clouds filled with rain. Not just thunder and not just lightning, but we need to let it rain in our lives so we can rain on somebody else. Hallelujah. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of Oh, let, let it rain. Hallelujah, Lord. Just lift it up to God right now. Say, God, I need you. I need you to rain on my life today. I need you to wash out some things. Maybe wash some things out of my thoughts. Maybe wash some things out of my life. Maybe wash some people out of my life that ought not to be there. Whatever it is, maybe you're just dry and you need a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. Some of you need to praise in the Spirit. Some of you need to worship in the Holy Spirit. You just need to stay. We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.